0: good morning. Good to see everybody out this morning. I read an article this past week that was entitled Instagram Envy. Envy, of course, means to be discontented with the good fortune of others, to look upon them with uh, an ill will or, or an evil eye. This article that I read was about how people can use social media to create an idealized version of their lives, which makes it easy for others to uh, start feeling down about their own lives because their life isn't as perfect as they perceive that other person's life is. And so Instagram envy. And I think that's true for all social media. But it's not just happening on social media. Although that is a major avenue that people use to let people see what's going on in their lives. But, you know, typically... Uh, Only the positive parts of a person's life is going to be posted on social media. They're going to put uh, themselves in the best picture, the best light, or the best filter possible. And nobody wants to see them in perfect parts of life. You know, you're never going to see uh, the picture of the crying baby. You're never going to see the toddler having a meltdown or a picture of an argument between family members. And so there's this perception that everybody else's life is perfect, everything is great, and mine's not that way. And so... The danger is for us to become envious of other people, of their relationships, of their possessions, uh, and that's not a good thing. And so I want to spend a few minutes this morning talking about envy, uh, but we want to talk about the dangers of envy. Kristen told me there's a phrase called being green with envy, and I never heard that before in my life. So I put green up here, and so that's that's why that's there. Uh, But evidently, uh, there's a phrase called being green with envy. And so there are dangers and consequences associated with being envious, and that's what we want to spend a few minutes talking about this morning. So again, appreciate you being here. Let's study together as we study this uh, important topic, I think. Uh, As we talk about envy, I think the first thing that we need to mention is, is that envy is condemned in the Bible. And so that's a really easy point to start out with. Okay, God says don't be envious. But what we want to talk about is why we shouldn't be envious. So we shouldn't be envious, but why? And that's what we're going to try to develop as we go throughout our lesson. Uh, God does not want us to be envious people. He condemns it in the Bible, and we'll try to show the reasons why. Uh, In Romans 13, verse 13, Paul wrote, Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry or drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. Oh, maybe my pen's not working. Okay, technology's great when it works right. Okay, so see if this works. Okay, I want to point out uh, Paul talked about walking properly, as in the day, and of the things that he mentions, one of them is is envy. When we're of the day, you know, the Bible contrasts a lot light and darkness. Darkness, of course, is associated with evil and sin. And Paul says we need to be people of the day. And one of the things, among other things, we don't need to be is envious. Uh, So I think pretty clearly there, a person that's a Christian shouldn't be envious. There's a lot of passages that mention the word envy. In Galatians 5, uh, it talks about the works of the flesh. So these are the works of the flesh. And you know, there's a long list of works of the flesh. Uh, One of those is envy there. Uh, And notice it's listed with murders and drunkenness and revelries. But the most important thing that we want to point out is those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so you think, well maybe it's not that big of a deal. So what I'm a little bit envious of what somebody else has, it's not that big of a deal, but uh, Paul wrote that if you're uh, a lot of things, but if one of the things is you are envious of others, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. So that shows how serious it is. In Proverbs 14 in verse 30, uh, the proverb writer says a tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. I really I really like that phrase. So what do you think about that? Envy makes the bones rot. How so? Well, if you're consumed with envy, it's actually hurtful to you. It's going to be negative. Uh, There's going to be a negative effect upon your health. Uh, If your life is consumed with envy by wanting what others have, being being jealous of what others have, uh, it's not going to be good for your mental or physical health. And I think that's what the proverb writer is talking about. In James 3... Beginning at verse 14, James said, But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and evil and every evil thing are there. A lot of things to pick apart here. James said, if you have bitter envy, one of the issues is we're self-seeking. And he mentions that term twice. You're looking out for number one. You're looking out for yourself. And he said, this wisdom or so-called wisdom, is not from above, but it's earthly, sensual, and demonic. I don't think anybody would say, I want to be associated with things that are demonic. James talked to us in class about uh, devils and, and demons, and they knew who Jesus was. They knew that Jesus had power over them. No, None of us would say that. I want to be associated with demonic things. Of course not. But that's what James equates it to. He said, if you have bitter envy and self-seeking, those things are are demonic. Uh, and he says where envy and self-seeking exist, notice this last part, confusion and every evil thing are there. So that tells me that where envy exists, you can find every kind of sin. So, you know, in in drug usage, people call things gateway drugs. You know, they start here, but then they end up going to really bad things. I would submit to you that envy may be a gateway to other sins. You know, you start with envy, you're just a little bit jealous of what other people have. And then that progresses on to just hating them in your heart. And then that progresses on to wanting to do in them harm. You gossip about them. You slander about them. Uh, and so where envy is, every evil thing can be found there. All kinds of sins can be found in the heart uh, that is filled with envy. So I think the first point is super clear and easy to make. Envy is condemned in the Bible. And we, and we kind of mentioned a couple things, a couple reasons why that is. But I want to look at some examples for consideration uh, if you're like me, you learn by looking at examples. I need to know, how's that going to affect me? And, and so I think there are some good examples. Well, they're not good examples, but there's examples that go toward this topic of envy. In 1 Samuel 17, there is an amazing feat performed by a young man of faith. And of course, I'm talking about the slaying of Goliath by the young shepherd boy, David. That great victory of David over Goliath was a victory that made all of Israel grateful uh, including Saul. I want to talk about Saul as the example. And so if you pick up in 1 Samuel 18, beginning at verse 1, I want to go down, not through this whole chapter, but through several verses in this chapter. It says, Now it came about when he had finished speaking to Saul that the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as himself. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. So David went out wherever Saul sent him and prospered. And Saul set him over the men of war. And it was pleasing in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. So David had killed Goliath. Great victory. Everybody was excited about that. Everybody really appreciated David and thought he was uh, a a faithful young man of God. So Saul, uh, he sent David out here. David went out wherever Saul sent him. David prospered. Saul even put him over the men of war. It was pleasing in the sight of all the people and also, let me see if I can write there, in the sight of Saul's servants. So everybody is just, just really happy with David, including Saul. Saul took him into his own home uh, and treated him like a really good friend. Saul's son, Jonathan, was a good friend of David's, but that friendship was uh, not destined to last. Uh, it was destroyed by, I think, one of the most devious weapons that Satan has in his arsenal, and that, of course, is the sin of envy. Notice as the passage goes on, 1 Samuel 18, verse 6. It said, It happened as they were coming when David returned from killing the Philistine that the women came out, all the cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with joy and musical instruments. It's a Big celebration. The women sang as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. So, uh, David performed in battle well. And people were celebrating that. They talked about his prowess. And so they were singing. These women were singing. You know Saul's done really well. He's slain his thousands. But you know David. David has slain ten thousands. So how did Saul respond to that? In verse 8. Saul was very angry. And the saying displeased him. And he said they have ascribed to David ten thousands. And to me they have only ascribed thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? And notice this. So Saul... Eyed David from that day forward. I would submit to you right then is when Saul became envious of David. You know, they're saying good things about me, but they're talking way better about David. Y'all like David anyway. You know that guy, he really thinks he's special. And now all the people are praising him. And really, this set the tone for the rest of Saul's life because he became envious of David. So maybe we can't really relate to this exact scenario. You know, maybe we can't say, well, they've ascribed to, uh, you know, me thousands and the next guy tens of thousands. But we probably can relate to, you know, people have said nice things about me, but I've noticed people saying a lot more nice things about this other guy. They don't say that many nice things about me. You know, I don't think I like that guy. I'm going to eye him from that day forward. Or maybe people uh, say, you know, I really like your car. Nobody's told me they like my car. You shouldn't tell me you like my car. But for an example, nobody says that to me. I guess they don't like me. And that's exactly what Saul did with David here. Actually, it seems kind of childish when you read through it. Uh, But Saul became envious of David, and he eyed him from that day forward. So many emotions from Saul. Remember, I told you it was kind of a gateway to other sins. Saul became angry and jealous. He actually acted kind of paranoid. And he set out to murder David. He wanted David killed. On a number of occasions, he tried to do that. And we won't read through all those, but he threw a spear at David while David was playing music. He plotted David's fall at the hand of the Philistines and after uh, the Lord delivered David notice what happened in verse 29 of 1st Samuel 18 it says Saul was still more afraid of David so Saul became David's enemy continually and so that was it uh, Saul was going to be David's enemy forevermore because he was envious of him he he tried to kill him on more occasions in the next chapter uh, he threw another spear at him uh, David fled and Saul pursued him uh, really the rest of his life until the end of his life on Mount Gilboa, if you remember that. Saul and his three sons were killed, uh, including Jonathan, and the Philistines overran the cities of the Israelites. But his envy was his downfall. Uh, And I think it can be said that uh, the envy of Saul ruined the rest of his life. So as we're trying to make the point, we're talking about envy, it can ruin a person's life. Uh, It costs Saul his ...physical life because he, was, he wanted David dead. But also spiritually speaking, uh, it's going to be uh, a cause for ruin if we allow envy to get into our lives. Uh, you know, David was the anointed, the future king. And I think it bothered Saul so much he became obsessed with his attempt to have David killed. And I think that's an example of the power that envy can have. And again, it's the first step in a progression of sins in Saul's life. It started out with envy, but then it went to slander, gossip, and violence... He tried to kill him. He wanted him to be murdered. So I think that's really a striking example. But there are others. Uh, In Matthew 27, in verse 17, it says, Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? We know this scenario well. Uh, So Pilate was going to release either Jesus or a criminal. Of course, they wanted uh, Barabbas to be released, not Jesus. They wanted him killed. But Pilate understood he knew that for envy they had delivered him. The Jews delivered Jesus uh, or wanted him to be uh, put to death because they were envious of him. He had a lot of popularity and the Jewish leaders wanted that popularity. They were, they were jealous of that and envious of Jesus and so they delivered him to be killed. In Acts 13 verse 45, Paul and Barnabas were preaching and, and this was in uh, Antioch of Pisidia. It says, when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. But the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas. And I noticed they expelled them out of their coast. They were envious of Paul and Barnabas, of their preaching. And they were so envious of that that they started speaking up. We can't let them. I mean, look at all the crowds. I mean, they saw the multitudes of people listening to them. Man, we can't have that. I mean, they're they're really taking some of our popularity, and so they ran them out of the city uh, because of because of envy. In the reading that Gatlin did for us in First Corinthians chapter three, you know, the Church of Corinth had all kinds of problems, uh, and Paul really, really the whole book of First Corinthians, Paul really just uh, he was letting them have it. I mean, he was telling them, this is where you're doing wrong. You need to get this right in your life. But notice he says here beginning of verse one. He says, I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. So he's telling them, you're, you're carnal, you're fleshly, you're worldly. I can't talk to you like somebody that's spiritually mature because you're just worldly people still. The examples that he gives of how he knows that they're worldly, he says, there is among you envying and strife and divisions. And then he says, Are you not yet carnal and walk as men? So you're telling me you're not worldly, well how come then there are envying and strife and divisions among you? And actually I would submit to you, you know, we know in First Corinthians there were divisions. And he says here, while one saith I am of Paul, and another I'm of Paulus, are you not are you not worldly? Are you not carnal? I would submit to you that it started with envying, and then envying led to strife, and then strife led to division you know division didn't just happen they didn't just say we're going to divide and i'm going to go follow here they started being envious of one another and the person that maybe was taught by uh, apollos was a little bit envious of others that were taught by paul and then that caused strife between them and then then they split so i would submit to you that the root cause of the uh, division that is talked about in the book of first corinthians started at least with envying they were envious people Man, notice Paul says that's a trait of being not worldly envying is negative it's destructive being envious of what others have will not add to your own possessions that's what's interesting about it all if I sit and look at my neighbor and I look at all that he has so he pulls in with a brand new car and I think man, that guy he's always got he's got the nicest things you know I've got my my car's barely running And look at his house. He's having his house painted. It's ridiculous. It's expensive. I can't afford to have my house painted now. We just sit and start thinking and being envious. It's not going to add to what I have. When I sit and become envious of what other people have, it's not going to add to my own possessions. It's just going to cause trouble in my own heart. And then I'm not going to act toward him or anybody the way that I ought to. And so the Corinthians uh, separated and parted, divided, in part because of envy. In Philippians chapter 1... I think this is an interesting couple of verses. This is another example of envy. Paul said, Some, to be sure, are preaching Christ even from envy and strife, but some also from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The former, so the, so the latter is those that are preaching from love and, and goodwill. Uh, but the former here 's what we want to focus on. The former are proclaiming Christ out of selfish selfish ambition rather than from pure motives, thinking to cause me distress in my imprisonment. I just think it 's really interesting. Paul was in prison. Philippians is one of the prison uh, epistles, and Paul said, there are people they 're preaching Christ, but they 're doing it from envy and from strife can you Can you imagine a person preaching Christ? from envy and strife the place that it comes from is not a good one it's not from goodwill it's not being done out of love Uh, their goal was to cause paul more distress in his imprisonment i think that i think that's interesting obviously not a good thing uh, but they wanted to add affliction to paul's chains so there's some examples uh, for our consideration of envy and by the way there's a lot more examples those aren't the only ones envy is condemned in the bible uh, there's some examples that we looked at and saw really people 's ruin because of envy and so lastly, I just want to talk for a minute about what 's the solution then so what 's the solution? Uh, I debated here just saying don 't get on Instagram, but I think there 's more more than that that needs to be said that that may help uh, But when we see people and we 're envious of them, when we see people if, if you're on, and I think this is a real temptation to young people. You know, because there's people around you that you're going to look at and see on social media and you're going to think, man, their life is so great. Why is it mine great? And you become envious of them. And it will cause you to do things that you, you normally wouldn't want to do. And so I, I really think, but for all of us, we need to be on guard. The solution for envy, uh, first off, is to become a Christian. In Titus 3, beginning at verse 3, Titus said, For we also once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy. So here in the book of Titus it says, One time he was talking about their previous life. We were once all of these things, including being uh, hateful, hating one another, and having envy in our lives. But he says, But when the kindness of God our Savior and His love... Uh, for mankind appeared, he saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. When we get to the point that we uh, want to obey the gospel and we want to have our lives changed, and really our purpose for living changes, before you become a Christian, People of the world are envious because they want stuff. They want possessions. I want to have the nicest of everything. If I don't get it, if somebody else has got something better than me, i got to have that. I want my life to look like theirs. And so that's what Titus, uh, in the book of Titus here, it says we were once all guilty of envy. But when we become a Christian, uh, when we uh, become in a saved state, when we have been washed by the regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, uh, that changed for us. And so the first thing I would say is if, if maybe you're dealing with this, you're struggling with this, if that's the case in your life, then we need to purge envy from our lives and we do that partly by becoming a child of God. We start living for a different purpose and different focus. When I'm living trying to get to heaven, the stuff I have uh, all of a sudden becomes not so important. Uh When my purpose is to get stuff in life, then that's my number one. But when I'm living for God, that becomes number one. And everything else, it's not that important anymore. So that's the first solution, become a child of God and then live like it. You know, the second solution, I think in Philippians chapter 2, beginning at verse 1, Paul here said, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Now the word envy isn't mentioned in in these verses, uh, but notice what Paul has to say. He warned about things like selfish ambition or conceit. Uh, The person that is living and having selfish ambition, it's about what can I get? Uh, I'm number one and I want to focus just on me and my needs and my concerns. And so Paul warned about that. Up here he talked about if there's any comfort of love. If you're uh, loving like you ought to, if you're having that same love, then you won't have selfish ambition. Maybe my arrow there isn't doing what I want it to do. But if you're loving like you ought to, you won't have selfish ambition or conceit. Rather, he says, in lowliness of mind, esteem others better than yourselves look out not for your own interest but also for the interest of others Uh, and so instead of looking enviously at the things that other have others have we ought to regard others better than ourselves I need to look out for your best interest better than mine own uh, and if I do that I won't be envious I'll be putting you above me and I won't be jealous of the things that you have I'll be happy for you, and I want to help you. And if you do the same for me, then that envy problem is taken care of. And so I would submit to you that the second solution to envy, uh, if it's showing up in our lives, is to love one another properly. If we put each other in our proper place, if we put others above and uh, before ourselves, then we really won't have time for envy. And I think that would be the second solution uh, to that problem. And so instead of having... Uh, envy in our hearts we need to be stirred with love you know love is one of the fruit of, fruits of the spirit uh, and love allows us to be bigger than to begrudge others because that's what happens if i become envious then i start talking bad about others and i think bad about others love will help us to focus more on our neighbors uh, hearts more than their prosperity it'll cause us to focus more on their well-being than just the stuff that they have and love will displace envy you know we talked about Saul, and maybe we're all thinking, you know, I would never kill anybody because I was envious of their possessions, or I was envious of how people talked to them or things they said about them. But you know, the New Testament, it talks about if you don't love like you ought to, you're like a murderer if you hate your brother. And so we have to love, and if we do that, then that'll be a solution for envy. All right, uh, so hopefully that's been beneficial uh, to to you today, um, maybe, maybe a little bit different. But I honestly think that, Envy is a big problem. You know, if I'm doing things outwardly that you can see that aren't right, uh, it's easy to identify. It's more difficult to identify envy because that's, that's really in your heart. You can't tell that if a person's envious of you until maybe they start talking badly about you or trying to do you harm. But envy starts right here, and we need to stop it before it goes any further and causes us to do further things that are wrong. And I really think that's a big temptation, probably especially for our young people, uh, to be envious of those around us. All right. do you have a problem with envy today? Maybe it's something we all need to think about and focus on. And again, we said the solution to that problem is become a Christian first off. Change your focus on on what you're living for. When you start living for God, things aren't that important anymore. And then you're looking forward to getting the most most important possession there is to get. Not physical things here, but an eternal life uh, with God in heaven. It doesn't get any better than that. Uh, So become a Christian today if you haven't done so. And then secondly, if you are a Christian and you're dealing with this, we've got to realize and remember that uh, if we're loving each other as we ought to, then I'm not going to be worried about the things that you have and envious of the things you have, because I want what's best for you, and you'll want what's best for me, and then we'll be working together properly, and there won't be any strife, there won't be any divisions like we read about there in First Corinthians, and that's what we want, everybody working together peaceably. And so, do you have a need this morning? Do you need to become a Christian? We'd be glad to help you if that's your desire. Uh, You must hear the word and believe it, repent of your sins, confess your faith in Christ, and then be baptized. And we'd be glad to help you if that's your desire. Or if you need the prayers of the church, if you're struggling with envy or anything else that's in your life, you haven't kept your commitment to God, we'd be glad to pray for you and with you. We're going to sing an invitation song. If you have a need, come forward while we stand and while we sing.